0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're posting a Bible study for every Sunday morning for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. <clears throat> now, it's not just for those in the Omaha area who may not be able to get out, but it's for those who are listening in other parts of the country as well, and those listening in other parts of the world. There are so many people out there who want to study God's Word, they want to learn more about God's Word, but they may not have the understanding of where to go to find out. Maybe they don't even have a Bible themselves in some cases, but we want to help you grow in your faith in God. And faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we're thankful to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis over the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you're listening, that you want to grow in your knowledge of God's Word and His will communicated through His Word, and thereby, we pray, grow in faith. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we do hope and pray that you will come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. And we have Bible classes every Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and then Sunday evening worship at 6 o'clock, and midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services. We encourage you to come and be with us in person, worship God with us. Study his word with us. Grow spiritually with us. Get to know us and let us get to know you. Now, we encourage you to share these, these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text mess- messages, or other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can because you know people in your life who need to get into God's word. They need to turn to God. You may help somebody do that. You may help somebody even get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you, so share these studies with everybody you can all the time. We also encourage you to tell others about our website churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And when they go there, tell them to click on the the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We keep saying we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive on their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or laptop or pad or tablet or whatever it might be, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons. But they'll also receive a daily radio program called Search the Scriptures, and they will receive a daily seven-day-a-week program, not a program, but a Bible study called Today's Bible Class. It's only about 13 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word every single day. So valuable. And again, all of this is free. So tell everybody you can, and take advantage of it yourself, churchofchrist.com. Sign up for our podcasting. We're going to get back into our study of the book of Deuteronomy. And once again, this is Moses, he and the nation of Israel, or the people of Israel, the Israelites, they've finished their piddling around in the wilderness for that 38 to 40 years where the adult generations of the fathers and the grandfathers, or maybe I should say the the parents and the grandparents, died off in the wilderness because of their weak faith, their wishy-washiness and faithfulness. And their children have grown up now to become the adults, and God is leading them into the promised land. He would not let their Parents and grandparents in because they had weakness in their faith. They were wishy washy in their faithfulness, did not trust God as they should. And so the children now are the people of faith. They're the adult generation and the adult generation of greater faith. So God is ready to lead them into the promised land so they can take possession of that land, and that would become the nation of Israel. Moses is addressing the people on the eastern bank of the Jordan, before they cross the Jordan and begin the battles of conquest. And he's reminding them of their history, and he's reminding them of their law that God has given them, and he's warning them about dangers along the way, not physical dangers, but spiritual dangers, false teaching, and so on. But he's also instructing them as to how they need to live their life and follow God in faithfulness, in obedience on a consistent basis. In chapter four, we looked at, in the first 14 verses, how Moses gets very direct and he's instructing the Israelite people, you need to be obedient to God. Not just initially, and not just now and then, or here and there, but consistently, all the time. You need to live lifestyles of obedience to God. We pick up with verse 15 today, and he issues a specific warning against a particular form of ungodliness and unfaithfulness to God that would plague the Israelite people for hundreds of years to come. They, they just kept struggling with this particular sinful lifestyle. And we're not talking about, we're not talking about some things that, that a whole lot of people would automatically have come to their mind when we're talking about sinful lifestyles, although some of that would be incorporated into this particular sinful lifestyle. But this one is idolatry, the worship of idols. Idols are nothing. They're inanimate objects, they're carvings, they're sculptures, they're images fashioned out of metal. But they're not gods. They're just objects. But people in that day and age, it was probably the most common form of religion that mankind practiced. And even today, a great many people practice idolatry. They worship idols, and even a huge percentage of people who call themselves Christians bow down and pray to idols as part of their Christian faith. And that is in direct contradiction to the original Ten Commandments but also to God's word as a whole. So we pick pick up with verse 15. And idolatry would be largely the downfall of Israel hundreds of years into the future. And when they would be conquered by their enemies and displaced from their land that God had promised to them, the a remnant of them would finally come to their senses and put idolatry away from their conscience for the rest of their lives. We pick up with verse 15. Moses goes on and he says, take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. God did not reveal himself in any kind of physical form to the people they heard his voice, but they did not, he did not appear in any kind of physical form. Lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. God does not want us to manufacture statues, images, and so on that are supposed to be images of him. We don't see God in any kind of physical form. When you go back to the original Ten Commandments that God gave to Israel through Moses, verse 1 says, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods, lowercase g, before me. There are no other gods besides God. He is the God, the only God. But he goes on and becomes very specific in verse four as he begins these, as as he goes into the beginnings of these 10 commandments, he says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, uh, uh, to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Well, so right off the bat, God, in those original Ten Commandments, says, You shall not make any carved image. You shall not bow down to it, you shall not worship it, or even worship through it, as some people would claim to be doing. And so Moses, when we come back to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 15, he reminds them, God spoke to you, to the nation, at Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, but he did not show any physical form lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. He did not want you to start making idols and worship and supposedly worship him through those idols. No, that's against God's will. He goes on and says, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air the likeness of anything that creeps in the ground or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. Now, can you imagine that people, and this really has been the case, they would make images of animals or perhaps even fish or birds and worship them as though they were gods through those images? Moses says, no, no. God is instructing you. God is commanding you. Don't do anything like that. And perhaps one reason he would not show himself to mankind in physical form was because he knew that mankind would have a propensity to very possibly start creating images according to what they saw of God. And he said, no, no, I'm God. I'm spirit. I'm not a piece of rock. I'm not a hunk of wood or a chunk of metal. You worship me, the true God, the eternal God. Don't worship, don't bow down to, don't pray to, don't pray through some image. And people who hang up reproductions of the crucifixion, And then perhaps kneel in front of those images, those reproductions, and pray to God through those. That's not in keeping with our instructions from God in his word to abstain from creating such images as objects of worship. We pick up with verse 19, Exodus chapter four, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter four. Moses goes on and says, and take heed lest you lift your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. But they're celestial bodies. They're not gods. They're not spirits to be worshiped. And Moses says, you don't start worshiping the sun or the moon or the stars. But people did that at some point. They talked about sun gods and moon gods and so on. Take heed. The Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt to be his people an inheritance as you are this day. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me for your sakes and swore that I would not cross over the Jordan, and that I would not enter the good land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not cross over the Jordan, but you shall cross over and possess that good land. So Moses is saying, and he's basically, re, you know, kind of rehearsing, I, I, I made this big mistake in the, in the wilderness at one point. And Part of God's judgment upon me was, I can't cross over the Jordan into the promised land with you, but you will go across. God will give you that land. And so he is basically, in his last few days, on earth, he is reminding and re-instructing and then instructing anew. God's will, God's instructions for the people of Israel— as they move forward as his people. I must die in this land, verse 22, Moses says. I must not cross over the Jordan, but you shall cross over and possess that good land. Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. And so Moses is again reiterating Don't forget God's commandments. Don't fall into the mindset that you need to carve some image or make some kind of image as, in your mind, a facsimile of God. Nothing fits that bill. You worship God, the Spirit. Don't make any images. That's idolatry, the worship of idols. In verse 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you beget children and grandchildren and have grown old in the land and act corruptly and make a carved image in the form of anything and do evil in the sight of the Lord your God to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you will soon utterly perish from the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess You will not prolong your days in it, but will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods, plural, lowercase g, idols in other words, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. Now, Moses is warning them, as you grow older, as the generations come up and replace you, you're going to run the risk. The devil's going to tempt you to turn away from true faithfulness to God. You're going to be tempted to fashion idols like the nations around you, and worship those idols. But when you do that, God will bring his judgment upon you. And Moses is actually prophesying here that it would come to the point where God would allow their enemies to conquer them and kill a huge percentage of them in battle, but then take the survivors into their foreign lands and basically put them in servitude. And they would be in a land surrounded by people who worshipped idols. And they would, to some degree, worship those idols themselves. Now, verse 29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Moses is pointing to a time where Israel would finally learn their lesson to put away idolatry forever, to never worship idols again. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, and this would be hundreds of years down the road, but it was going to happen, it was going to start to develop within the next generation or two or so. And they would struggle back and forth with the worship of idols for hundreds of years, and then finally God would bring this judgment that Moses is warning them of and foretelling upon the Israelites. And it would be exactly as Moses was laying out here. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice for the Lord your God is merciful God he will not forsake you nor destroy you nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them God is a merciful God in 2nd Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 Peter said God is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. As long as we're still alive and in a right mind and have the right mindset, we can repent and come back to God out of our sin. And Moses is saying, there will come a day when you will come to your senses and you'll turn back to God and God is merciful he will not forsake you he will not destroy you for now for ask now concerning the days that are past which were before you since the day that God created man on the earth and ask from one end of heaven to the other whether any great thing like this has happened or anything like it has been heard did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and live God has blessed you in ways that the rest of humanity has not experienced, Moses is telling the Israelites, during that period when he was leading them through the wilderness to the promised land and out of Egyptian bondage. Or did God ever try to go and take for himself a nation from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war? by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and by great terrors according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. He's reminding the Israelites, you saw God's judgment upon Egypt. You saw how God brought them to their knees, how God destroyed all of those Egyptian chariots pursuing you through the Red Sea? How he wiped them out? You saw that. What other nation could say that? To you, it was shown that you might know that that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. You have no excuse for not believing totally in God. And let me say also, we have no excuse today for not believing totally in God. We see His blessings in our lives and all around us all the time. Those things are not happenstance, accidental. They are by God's blessing. Out of heaven. Or go back to verse 35 to you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Out of heaven he let you hear his voice that he might instruct you on earth. He showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them, and this is going all the way back to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he brought, out, he brought you out of Egypt with his presence, with his mighty power, driving out from before you the nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in to give you their land as an inheritance as it is this day. Therefore, know this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven, above and on the earth beneath, there is no other. You see, we cannot compromise our belief in God. God is the God, the only God. And we cannot share our allegiance to him and our dedication to him with some other belief in some other kind of a God. But let me tell you, Idolatry can take a whole lot of different forms. There are people who would never have an image in their home and call it a god and bow down to it and worship it, but they worship things in their life as though they were gods, such as money and material possessions and jobs and relationships and social prestige and on and on and on. In verse 39, therefore know this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven, in heaven above and on the earth beneath. You shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. But you see, the blessing is is conditional. On their continued faithfulness and dedication, and obedience to God, then Moses set apart three cities on this side of the Jordan, forward. Uh, I'm sorry, toward the rising of the sun, that the manslayer might flee there who kills his neighbor unintentionally without having hated him in the time past, and that by fleeing to the, one of these cities, he might live. And this was. An opportunity because under the law of Moses, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But sometimes there is an accidental killing, and God made provision for people to be spared in, on those occasions. Our time is up for today, so we're going to stop here, and we're going to uh, pick up with the end of chapter 4, verse 44, and move on to a review of the original Ten Commandments in chapter 5. And so this review is not only helpful for the Israelites, or not not only was helpful for the Israelites poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River in that day, getting ready to possess the promised land, but a review of God's will and his basic law or laws or commandments, it's good for us to learn how we need to be dedicated to God. I hope this is helping you. I hope you're growing spiritually and in faith through this particular study. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are the God, and you are the awesome God, the only God. Thank you for loving us so much and making the way for us to be able to be with you in heaven for all of eternity through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord and Savior. Please help us to always be mindful of your will for our lives, and to live in obedience to your will communicated to us through your word. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please forgive us. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.